At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today, we have Barry and Catherine Cohen on the show to talk about bartering as a community solution. Barry and Catherine have been married for 19 years and are proud humans of two cats called Anakin and Nebu. They have been in business together since 2003, running a successful barter exchange for 10 years before shifting their focus to creating management software for the barter industry. Most recently, they created a podcast called Together 24-7, where they interview other couples like themselves who are together in business and in life. They have developed a crash course to help people start their own podcast in only eight weeks. And finally, they have created a series of mastermind groups, both in person and online, to help small business owners get past any issues that are holding them back. Welcome to the show today. Thank you for having us, Greg. Thank you. Absolutely. So I shared a little bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get to where you're at now? Well, first, that made us sound really smart, so I like that. <laughs> the path we took was, I think both of us couldn't stand working for anybody, so... Well, well I understand we that up, one. Yeah, we, we, we had to work for ourselves. That was it. And everything that we've done has been a progression. Um, you know, when we... In the intro, you said we started our barter exchange. That was in 2003. Uh, and that led into us not liking the software management or the management software that we were using. So we created our own. So it kind of it um, stepped into that. And before that, the reason why we got into the bartering business is because we were both in business for ourselves. Barry has always been doing the same thing, which is computers, which is why he's the number one computer uh, genius ever. Oh, very good. Um, I have done a, a number of different things but I've always had my own business and grew up in an entrepreneurial family as as did Barry it was our independent businesses that led us to becoming members of a local here in Phoenix Arizona barter exchange oh wow and that led us to creating our own barter exchange we in fact consulted for that exchange uh, pretty much right from the beginning on, on how to build a better exchange and then we took that information that we told them because they weren't using it uh, to the to the best advantage of their members, and we took that information and started our own, and that began the path of where we are today. Wow, that's fantastic! So, what is bartering, Catherine? I'll let you have that one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We've been talking about it and explaining it for fifteen years. I'll, now. Bet, you, I'll bet you have. So, uh, bartering is. All right, let's go with the traditional, what you think of when you say barter or trade. When uh -huh. you think of barter or trade, you think of, I have eggs, 
you have vegetables. Mm -hmm. I will trade you my eggs for your vegetables. That is traditional barter, traditional trade. That's what most people think of. Uh -huh. So two people just making an exchange one-to-one. -one. In the modern era, it has actually anywhere. I think the story of the linden tree, if you remember that from when you were a kid, that's barter. You need something, but the person that you need it from needs something else, and the person that person needs something else and something else and something oh, else. Right. That's how barter exchanges were developed. Barter exchanges were developed simply as a club or a business that monitored what was going on and helped person A sell their stuff to person B so they could buy stuff from person C. It is a currency. It is a recognized currency in the U.S., which means it's taxable. Oh, wow. A recognized currency in other countries, which means, you know, whatever they do with it, whether they tax it, whether they expect you to, you know, pay on your own good terms, which on is the Canada. Honor system? On the honor system. Canada likes the honor system. That's what barter is. It's a currency. Wow. All right. And so, and and the goal really is to create this community. So it's a, it's a community-based process, right? Absolutely. So you can only barter with other people in your community. So you can only trade with other people in your community. By community, she means people in the barter exchange. In the barter exchange, right. right. Um, barter exchanges across the country and across the world trade with each other. That's like three and a half hour lesson. So we're not even going <laughs> to be going into that. But yeah, you create a community of different businesses um, that will trade goods and services with each other so that if I need a lawyer, I can go within the barter exchange to, you know, find a lawyer based on the barter dollars that I have or the barter points that I have by selling my goods and services to somebody else. You and I have been talking about barter here and there over the years, Greg, about how do you create this community for, you know, people who are growing their own fruits and vegetables and, you know, raising livestock and things like that that, you know, just want to trade amongst themselves. They've got a little bit extra, but it may be not their full-time business. Right. And and so how, and that's really your interest in being on the show. You wanted to kind of share share these concepts with people so that they could maybe in their neighborhood or in uh, towns or in the city, they can actually set up a barter bartering farmer exchange, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And there, there are some communities that have done that, um, not with just, you know, farming, but with all sorts of small community things that it's a community and not a business. Barter exchanges can be a business, but we're now talking about community. How would how would we go about setting something like this up in, you know, in my neighborhood or in, you know, in North Phoenix or in, you know, South Phoenix where you guys are at? Funny you should ask. <laughs> uh, with, with our software, it, it's uh, called Barter 21 and it is actually a management software for barter exchanges, whether they are local, national, international. So it can handle a small community barter exchange. Um, basically, it's keeping track of everything. Like uh -huh. Catherine said, it's a currency, but it's keeping track of what you bought, what you sold, and, and make sure everybody is paying a fair price for what, for what they're selling. So here's how you would go about setting it up in your community. Mm -hmm. Find other local urban farmers. Find other people like us. All right, we grow uh, a number of our own vegetables and some fruit, and eventually we'll have eggs, Barry, whether you want to or not. Well, at least, at least we'll have fruit from the trees that we got from the urban farm. That we got from the urban farm, There right? you go. There's, there's your plug. Um, but on a serious note, find other people who may be growing something different than you. Like, we grow tomatoes like 
nobody's business and basil really? crazy. Wow. No, nothing else, um, uh -huh. you know, that much yet. yet. So find somebody else and put a value on your stuff. You may get the value by going around to the farmer's market and seeing what they charge at the farmer's market or get the value from, you know, what they're charging at the supermarket. You need a value because, you know, a dozen eggs to a dozen tomatoes might not really be a fair trade. Right. You know, it might cost you more to, to raise the eggs, uh, to raise the chickens that have the eggs and things like that. So put a value as if you were selling them for cash. Mm -hmm. And then when you sell them, and I'm saying sell in quotes, when you sell them to, um, you know, somebody else in your little group, you're going to have to record that somewhere. This person has given you so many of their points and they got their points by, uh. you know, selling to somebody else, to somebody else, to somebody else, which is why we talk about the software and keeping track of things through the software. There's a number of ways, you know, you can do that through our software, through, you know, using something like a, a spreadsheet. A spreadsheet. Um, it's a little more difficult, or something like QuickBooks makes it. You know, these are things that you have to modify to make it fit your needs. Right. right. So, here's the big question for me: What impact does bartering have in the community? Well, for one, it saves cash. Let, let's start with that uh -huh. right now. Uh, instead of going to the farmers market or going to the supermarket or Whole Foods or Sprouts, whatever store you're going through, going to to get your your fruits and vegetables, your eggs, whatever it is, uh -huh. you're now trading for it. So you're, you're saving cash right off the bat. You're, you're not paying cash for your food, uh, which is fantastic because now you could spend the cash on other things. On something else, yeah. Yeah, you know, like mortgages and things like that. <laughs> little, little things. Uh, so that that's the biggest impact. And the other impact is if, if you create this community of urban farmers uh, that, that have all of this excess food, it's not going to go to waste. You know, you I, I know you hate seeing any food go to waste. I hate seeing it go to waste. Uh, it, it's horrible. So this way, the people in the community, in this in this barter exchange that we're talking about, they can now make sure the food is actually eaten. Eaten. That's perfect. Right. That's perfect. You can, you can increase your lifestyle a little bit, and it comes from that whole saving cash thing. If you're really good at, like, we are growing tomatoes and growing basil, and you can grow a little bit more, just a little bit more, 10, 15% more than what you're growing mm -hmm. and you're good at it. You can take that 10 or 15% and get something that you wouldn't otherwise get, you know, get fruits or vegetables or eggs or, you know, livestock or uh, meats or whatever it is, get something that you wouldn't be able to get because maybe your budget doesn't allow it. Um, but just growing a little bit more doesn't cost you that much more, um, doesn't impact you that much more, but can get you a whole lot more in lifestyle. Right. It, it's all about also, it's also a lifestyle thing and it's a community thing. Yeah. You want to, you know, talk about, Hey, how did you grow this? It's the same questions that I ask when I go to the farmer's market. How mm -hmm. did you grow this? Did you grow it organically? I don't need to see that organic a seal or, you know, stamp of approval from the government. I want to take your word for it that, you know, you grew this in a way that I want to eat it. Yeah. So it creates community, it creates community awareness, and it just helps everybody live at a higher level, at a better level, not only saving cash, uh -huh. but just living at a higher level. Perfect. That's, that's a, you know, it's the old adage, know your farmer. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So you have a special um, you have a special deal for uh, our listeners on this barter software if they want to jump in. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Okay, so we were kind of coming up with it just before the show, but our software, let me take a step back. Our software is designed for people who want to start a business as a barter exchange to, um, you know, to have that as their business. And we had that very successfully as a business for 10 years. That uh -huh. being said, I am sure that all the people in a neighborhood that want to get together, that want to evenly trade amongst each other are not going to do this as a business. So we're going to do a few modifications to the, uh, to the categories of the software, a little bit of modification of the software. And it's not going to be this intense training that we do and anything like that. It's simply an accounting system that will let people know who else is in the group. Mm -hmm. Hey, who else is growing what in the group? What do they got this week? And it's a simple accounting system and we're going to, um, reduce our, our uh, setup fee in half, so that would be 249 and um, make it much more affordable. Uh, the flat monthly fee for people using it, we give them a couple of months to get up and running. Perfect. You know, hey, you start up, now get up and running. Go out, because this isn't your full-time business. Go out, get a few of your neighbors, uh -huh. everybody kick in a couple of bucks, and then it's $125 a month, which if you get a lot of people, you know, you get 10 people, 12 you know, 20 people right. who are in this, it's only a few dollars a month more, you know, for them. It's a little sort of membership thing. Exactly. And they've got all this other stuff that they could be buying, uh, air quotes that you can't see on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's buying, okay. I could see the you air quotes. See that, there you so go. That's good. Um, you know, these things that you're buying that don't cost you that much more because you're not having to sell anything to get right. them. You're just having to grow a little bit more, just having to expand your garden a little bit more add one more chicken to the backyard chicken coop right. that you've been begging your husband to get. <laughs> no chickens. <laughs> and for your Fantastic. listeners, that's an inside joke between the three of us. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. All right. Um, and then and they just email you. Can they, how do, how do it say I'm a farmer out there. I want more information. Can I just, yeah, email just go, ahead, go ahead, shoot off an email to info, I N F O at B C L soft. That's Barry Catherine Luther the word soft.com and mention either Greg Peterson or the urban farm uh, to let us know that's where you heard it. And we'll make sure we give you the special discount. Fantastic. And we'll have that in our show notes as well. Awesome. So one last thing on specifically on bartering and, and are, are there any challenges to setting up a successful bartering system and, and how can somebody overcome those challenges? Well, the biggest challenge, if and again, you know, let's talk real quick. If you want to do it as a business, uh -huh. the biggest challenge is getting people to understand what it actually is. Right. Uh, because when you say barter, people think, okay, I want to trade my three chickens for your four widgets, mm -hmm. uh, and that's not how it works. So it's it's that's the biggest challenge, just making people understand it. And it would be the same thing in the community type farming. Um, situation that we're talking about mm -hmm. people think oh well i've got you know a bushel of tomatoes so i'll trade you for a bushel of onions where no that's not the case uh -huh. so that that's the biggest challenge and then also understanding the tax code that goes along with it right and i guess uh -huh. that's that's what your software is all about is helping us through that right absolutely absolutely fantastic and another challenge although i don't see it it happens in barter exchanges i don't see it happening in a little community uh, like this would be making sure that everybody knows, hey, let's charge, uh, let's value this at true value and not at mm. a higher value mm. to try and mm -hmm. get more out of it. You know, right. if I can get, if I can get a dozen eggs at the farmer's market between six and seven dollars a dozen, right. which is what I see them for every week, it's really not fair to the other people in your little community to charge ten or eleven dollars a dozen. 
it's just, you know, be fair with the other people and make sure that everybody understands that in the, in, in the community. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm going to shift gears a little bit now. This goes to the learning piece. So can you talk about a time that you failed and how you overcame that failure and what you learned from that? Well, it, it's funny because when you told us you were going to ask us that question, yes, listeners, we knew the questions. <laughs> Learned them five seconds before we started recording this. Uh, Catherine and I joked around, oh, we were good at that. And then we looked at each other and said, oh, wait a second. <laughs> when, when, when did we actually have a failure that's worth talking about? Uh -huh. So, Catherine, did you think yeah, of anything? Because no, I so sure didn't. So this is this is a failure with our barter exchange itself. Uh -huh. And um, it, this has everything to do with business and nothing to do with our backyard garden or the, you know, or the things that we're growing for ourselves or anything like that. Perfect. Um, but this this business failure was um, not doing all of our research in expansion. We mm -hmm. had a plan of expansion to buy somebody else out and to basically triple the size of, of the barter exchange that we had in Phoenix. And we didn't do our due diligence. We just went on the, oh, we know you guys. Oh, we've done business with you guys. Uh -huh. um, you know, that sort of superficial knowing rather than uh, a deeper understanding and really holding uh, feet to the fire. And the failure was incredibly uh, financially costly to mm -hmm. us. And so, you know, you live and you learn and you move on. And my advice then to wrap it all up is to say, make sure you do your due diligence. Whatever business you're getting into, um, getting starting this bartering community of farmers, whatever it is that you're doing, do your research, do your due diligence. Don't assume, oh, yeah, you seem like a nice guy when we're hanging out because business is different than personal. And let yeah. me add on to that real quick. Uh, because I didn't think of that one because what we've also done is put it behind us. So that's the biggest oh, yeah. thing you have to think of also. Yeah, exactly. Just it's in the past. Forget it. Move on. Right. So, when I, you know, I, I want to also presence that, though, for those of us that are, you know, starting an urban farm, it's I'd give them the same advice. And it, it's really about in permaculture, we call, it's the first rule of permaculture in my in my world. And that's observation. Stand back and watch and do some planning. Um, so what you, where you failed on that one is you didn't do enough planning and where people mostly fail with their urban farms and growing food is they, they don't stand back and watch and do enough planning. Very true. You know, so there's, there's that piece of planning that we, you know, we have to put in the mix. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's, it can be costly. Very it can be costly. costly. Yeah. Um, what do you consider your biggest success? Gosh, everything. <laughs> we, you know, we don't go into anything expecting failure. We expect big success with everything that we've done. Uh -huh. uh, we ran our barter exchange. It was a huge success for 10 years till we shifted our focus into the software. And that's been a huge success for us. Um, and, you know, what we're doing now with podcasting, we're just, you know, barely two months into it. And it's already been amazing for us. So, you know. I don't think I could put my finger on any one particular thing. I think our biggest success is working together. Yeah. We've we've managed to figure out how to do that. Yeah. That's 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 huge by the way. For listeners yeah. that don't work with your partner, that is huge to be able to do that. And it's been a lot of fun yeah. to to be able to do that. The successes and failures that we've had over the years, um we're still a strong couple. Uh we're still, you know, a, a wonderful couple um we don't we don't fight 
we disagree loudly on <laughs> business things, uh -huh. um, but we don't fight. Perfect. So this actually goes right into the next question. That's what, what projects are you currently working on? I want to hear about this podcast. Tell us about that. Since we've been working together, it's very funny because people have been coming up to us for years, first of all, saying, how do you do that without killing each other? Uh -huh. It's uh, not easy. <laughs> I know it's not. <laughs> uh, and, and we've always joked around, you know, or no, we've joked around saying, yeah, we just spend, t we're just together 24 seven. That's what we do. We're together 24 seven. Uh. And we also get the comments of, oh, you need your own show. And we just uh. always looked at each other and said, what are you talking, what kind of show? What do you think somebody's <laughs> going to follow us around with cameras and, you know, just see me lying on the, on the living room couch in my underwear or something? I mean, we don't Nobody do Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. I don't, I don't even want to see that. Uh, but then we were introduced to podcasting. Someone came up to us and said, you guys ever hear of podcasting? Like, well, I've heard of it. I don't know much about it. He says, you guys would be great. You just need to develop a show. Um, and his idea actually was, oh, a couple of New Yorkers out of New York, living out of New York now. It'll be great show, great fun. Uh, and we said, no, we're out of New York 20 years already. Right. Uh, we're, we're, we're native Arizonans now. That's right. We found good bagels in Arizona, and we found good pizza in Arizona, so we don't ever have to go back except to visit family. Mm -hmm. eh, Chinese food still. Chinese. But that's neither here nor there. So, so what we did – and. And Greg, you've known us for years. Catherine and I always have great banter back and forth. Absolutely. So it, you know, it, we knew we can do this once we researched it. So from the time we had that first, hey, have you heard a podcast until we launched? It was six weeks. And we said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to interview other crazy couples like us that have started a business together, created it from scratch and, and run it together. Uh, and we've just been having a great time with that. Excellent. And out of that came the fact that we did this in six weeks. We were up and running in six weeks. and That's um, phenomenal. That's we, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. We've had the podcast now from launch uh, a little over a month, mm -hmm. and our numbers are increasing. And, hey, we can teach other people to do this. You know, we can help other people to do this, to use a podcast to – uh, increase their customer base to uh, increase their sphere of influence. And that's exactly what we did. We created a program to do that. And we just not in six weeks. We, we don't want anybody to, to do the pounding of the, of the research in the computer and just Googling every 10 minutes, you know, spending 20 hours a day researching it. Mm -hmm. So we're giving them an extra two weeks. We're going zero to launch in eight weeks. Ah, oh, got it. And that's a whole, um, you know, it's a whole program that we created, Perfect. 16 hours of, of training. And from there, we also uh, have, have created a mastermind group, uh, some live and in person and uh, some over the Internet, uh, depending on groups and, you know, depending on the businesses. But right. masterminds are a great place as a small business, except for Barry. I don't have anybody to bounce ideas yeah. off of, and he's in the middle of it with me. Right. I need other real business owners to bounce ideas off of, to hold me accountable. Yes. And and the same I with other businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and you're lucky. You know, you're lucky that you have that because I don't. Right. You know, I work by myself, so... And that's why people like you and, you know, other couples or any business owner needs to step out of their business, get with other business owners and um, get the perspective from somebody who's on the outside looking in. Yeah. And, and we're also we're not talking. I mean, people think of mastermind groups as networking or referral groups or leads groups. Mm -hmm. And ours is absolutely not that we, we're talking 
This group is your advisory board. This group is your right. accountability partners. Uh, the group is your mentors, your coaches, every, everything all rolled into one, but this is not networking. This is, I, I, I made a little uh, graphic for it, you know, like the parental advisories on, on uh, MP3s and CDs and things. Right. I made a business advisory, serious results. And that's what, that's what we're doing with this. Yeah, perfect. Fantastic. Okay, so I am all about education and I have to know what book has been most influential for, you know, make your business, your urban farming for something in this arena. What, you know, what piece of learning have you taken out of a book? Well, one book that I really like, I believe it's called Grow Anywhere. Yes. Or Grow Your Garden Anywhere. It's this little tiny book. Oh. That's right. <laughs> no, actually, my, my favorite is the one on chickens. So as far as our urban farm goes, uh -huh. um, Greg, your your website, your little books that you, that you sell in those, they've been tremendously helpful. Oh, very good. Um, so that's as far as the urban farm goes uh -huh. and, and the future chickens in the backyard go. Yes. That's been really, really helpful. Perfect. Um, but for me for business right now, uh, I've, for me for business and personal, there's a book by um, a gentleman, you know him as well. His name is Terry McBride. Oh, yes. And is the Hell I Can't. Oh, my God. Isn't that a fantastic book? It is a fantastic book. And he has a little program that goes with it. And I am doing the program yet again because we've made so many changes in the directions that in the direction that we're going that I need to re revamp and re up my you know, energy level yeah. doing that program has helped tremendously. And Barry. And the, the book I always refer to, I don't read many books. I figured if it's good enough, they're going to make a movie out of it. <laughs> right. Uh, this one they actually did. We just, most people just don't know it. The book I'm reading and not reading anymore. I stopped a couple of weeks ago. I'll pick it up again is the science of getting rich by Wallace D. Waddles. Oh my gosh. Isn't that a fantastic book? It, it is. And most people that have seen the movie, the secret, that's actually the little green book that they're talking about. Got it. So yeah, that that's about the only book that I perfect that I consistently will read and recommend for right. business purposes and you, life purposes. You know, the fun thing about that book, it was written in 1911. Mm -hmm. 1911. That's over a hundred years ago, and the it's so it's written in 1911 English. So it's it takes a minute. You got to kind of sit with it and kind of wrap your head around how he's articulating the the words because it's uh, yeah there's there's definitely things that have changed since then yeah, exactly exactly okay so what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners don't give up however with, with the caveat to that mm -hmm. there is a time to give up if something that you see is not working stop reevaluate and change directions i think uh i think our our mentor john lee dumas calls that a pivot does he not i believe he does he calls yeah. it a pivot yeah very good. So thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience around bartering. It's been a blast. And he, we, had, we had a great time. Thanks for having us, Greg. Absolutely. Well, that's all for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed 
or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.